Welcome everyone to the Ken Hill Podcast. I'm Ken Hill. My goal with the podcast is to share the techniques and habits of what the best motorcycle riders in the world do to thrive and survive in a sport that has consequences. Using my 20 plus years of riding and training at the highest levels, I want to make these techniques and habits accessible to every rider in the world. The podcast structure is deliberate. I don't have sponsors. The duration relative to many other podcasts is short, making it simple to listen multiple times, and I only release a new podcast when I feel I have something to share. I'm not cranking out podcasts because my sponsors say I need to. You listeners are my sponsors, and I appreciate the donations, which can be made via the podcast page on my website, khcoaching.com. And now, here's today's episode. Welcome to the Ken Hill Podcast. This is your host, Ken Hill. Not a lot of housekeeping on on this one. So we're just going to we're just gonna dive right into it. And this podcast, can I ride without a lap timer? This is uh, this is one that has been on on the list like many others uh, for for quite some time, and I've gone through a bunch of uh, rewrites on on this one, and I, I went crazy deep on it, and then it's like okay, that's too much information. What can we actually accomplish? And it wasn't until this year uh, that I actually had some uh, personal experiences going through this. Uh, that I was able to get this get this one honed uh, honed down to the to the talk that we're going to have. So, can I ride without a lap timer? Yeah, I think this is um, I think this is one that we all all need to look at and and we all need to to master because it's it's being in a position to know um, what you're doing in real time, whether it has a positive or negative uh, effect. And yeah, this, this in, in a couple ways, um, I'll just kind of go into it right now, kind of a couple ways that this really came into to play this year is on the car side, I got a Garmin Catalyst and it's, it's a really great, really great um, tool. And it breaks down the lap into so many little segments that as you're as you're driving, um, you know you can basically see whether on the entry, the middle of the corner, and on the exit at every corner of whether your lap time is up or down. Right? It gives you a, it gives you big plus or minus on the on its uh, big screen. And so, oh my gosh, is it, is it so addicting uh, to get used to this thing? And it's honestly super easy to lose your mind. Uh, so that one is like, okay, that's great, but there ends up being a tendency to want to push in the wrong places because you're chasing this lap time. And the other one is a story that I did a, I did a, um, I did a race this year and, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a mini bike race. We did a six hour uh, mini bike race and it was a, oh my gosh, it was literally a knife fight every, every corner for six hours. And I did two one hour stints. First bike I rode had a lap timer. Second bike I did, I rode did not have a lap timer and I had never ridden the bike before my stint. And so jumping on that bike and of course trying to figure it out and there's no lap timer. Well, I, we, we knew from the other people riding the bike what their lap times were. And I, you know, of course I wanted to run a good lap time uh, because that's, that's what we do. And I, I wanted to be competitive. And so without a lap timer, how, how do you know it's any good? 
and I was also riding at night. So it was a, it was a night session under the lights, but there was a bunch of places on the track that were dark. And so having to double down on all of my feel references and all of my, you know, visual references that I could as was, is what allowed me to, to be able to write a thing and ended, ended up going pretty well on it. I think I'm not quite, don't quote me quite on this, but I think I was only three tenths off or maybe four tenths off the best lap time uh, on that bike without a lap timer. So these were experiences that uh, really um, sort of brought this this topic back to the top, as well as you know working with um, a bunch of students this year that are of course very lap lap time focused, but I'm not going to allow them to run a lap timer initially, and we have to concentrate on of course where the bike is and all the other all the other techniques and objectives that that we work on, and it's typically a pretty massive surprise that when they do put a lap timer on, they're like, wow. That's quicker, but I didn't feel like I was going any faster. And that's again getting getting more technique based. So that's what we're going to dive into on this uh, on this podcast. And I hope you hope you enjoy it. Can I ride without a lap timer? You want to check your weight? Yeah, you get on a scale. You want to check your your um, your checking account balance, right? You look you you go online and look at your account balance. Want to know your lap time? You look at your lap timer. Yeah, you know the number on your scale or your bank balance, and or your or your lap time is 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 a reference, but it's a reference from a near infinite uh, number of actions, and too often we only rely on this as the point of reference instead of relying or or understanding what's happening during the process of your lap time. And, you know, the funny thing is, is we all know when your weight goes up or down, because we have other references, you know, when you're, when you know, without looking at your bank balance, whether your account is up or down because of the things that you're doing in, in real, in real time. So can you do that on track? Do you know where your lap time is going to be without, I mean, obviously without some, you know, gigantic swing, but do you know, you know, do you know what your lap time is going to be, better or worse? And I think this is a real hallmark of of somebody that has a grasp of their riding technique, um, their grasp of conditions, uh, their their ability to know where they're pushing and where they're where they have opportunity. And that's what this podcast is really going to be about is, is trying to unpack some of these things. So the first thing is, is there is a lot to this one, uh, but I'm going to go and give you some references on a couple of other uh, podcasts that have a lot of information available on this. And one is uh, feeling fast versus being fast. And the other one is feel references. There's a lot of the information in here is is dovetailed uh, from those podcasts and um, and vice versa. So there's there's a lot of reconciliation that goes between them. So um, if you get a chance, go check out those podcasts as well because uh, there's a lot to it. Especially the uh, the feeling fast versus being fast. That was a really fun podcast to do, and there's there's a great backstory to it um, uh, with it as well. So all right. So without a lap timer, how do you how do you know where your speed has come up? Do you how do you know where your speed has slowed down? And yeah, typically we have some ideas of this, 
but let's, I want to take them a little bit, a little bit deeper with that. So here's how we're going to do this. We're going to look at this and, and how it lies with the fundamentals, right? How it lies with the order of the sport to give you a little bit of help with that. So we start with the first fundamental vehicle placement, right? And we look at, it's simply, am I on every apex? And that's the start of our conversation, right? If you're missing apexes, well, you're not going to be able to push or increase your speed. And to maintain that pace, missing apexes is going to be harder because you're going to end up having to run lean angle at either too early or too late. That's not going to be optimum for a lap time. So yeah, if we're starting off with my MA on my apexes, do I have exit direction? Um, when can I get drive throttle started? Um, when do I get to wide open throttle? Boy, that was a big one. And that little mini endurance race, when especially when it was dark, and there was very little. Um, there's there's I don't know, probably three or four corners where the exits were were essentially blind. So trying to find something that gave me exit direction earlier that told me I'd had exit direction earlier so I could trust going to full throttle with really not seeing my exit. Uh, so yeah, that was, this is again, why this podcast came kind of uh, back to the top of the list because I had to kind of pull all of these out of my ass, uh, in, in real circumstances. And so, um, that was a great one. right. When, when, when do I get to wide open throttle? Am I using all the track on the exit? Am I using all the track on the entry? What about shift points? Are you coming off a big exit corner? And where is your shift point? Is your shift point happening happening earlier and earlier? Or is your shift point happening late? So another great reference in real time. Yeah, another one, hitting a rev limiter. I've got in my, uh, in my car, I have a couple places at the ridge where it's how early can I hit the rev limiter and, and doing a shift in that particular spot doesn't work. And I might hang the thing onto the rev limiter for half a second or so, but it's how early that I can hit that rev limiter is a great point of reference uh, for me. And another one here is, you know, finding your exit reference sooner. Because as your bike placement gets better, as it gets more concise, the needing to move your eyes to your exit sooner because the bike is placed more crisply uh, is a big one. So just right here on vehicle placement, there's a lot of great things that you can do in real time to know how your lap time is, is going to be. So let's, um, let's move to vision and focus. And vision and focus, it, it does really start with having a, a focus trigger. Thinking about your focus trigger, trigger as you, your internal conversation of what are you trying to accomplish for that session? What is my goal? What am I trying to accomplish? And where am I going to do that? And that starts your focus trigger. Another one is having a complete set of reference points. So one, one little uh, point of that little mini endurance race I forgot to mention is um, that race was a six-hour race, and in the middle of the race, uh, they changed the track. So we did a configuration, and then the second configuration, <laughs> essentially no one had ridden on. So I got on a bike that I'd never ridden before, so I had no, no idea of references with it, and I got on a track that I've never ridden before. So having to build a complete set of reference points 
I mean, that's literally what my whole session was about. And again, we're, I, I could reconcile that with, you know, brake pressure at turn it. I could reconcile that with how much track I'm using on the exit, et cetera, et cetera, to know and adjust those references. So a complete set of reference points, this, this makes your job so much easier when you're trying to figure this out without a lap timer, because you know, if you've accomplished that reference point correctly or not, what, you know, what control you're using, et cetera, et cetera. And this is a big step to that. So having a complete set of reference points. And that goes next to the next one, which is building a script, which your script is going from reference point to reference point. Because if you want a hundred percent result from that particular reference point, you've got to, you've got to stay in it. So if I want a hundred percent from that exit, all I'm thinking about is exit, how much track, I can't tell you how many times I felt like I was going to, like my tires were halfway on the track and halfway in the grass in that little mini race, trying to maximize my exits, right? And so I'm just thinking about what do I can do to make that happen? And the refocus trigger, right? Which is staying in your script, making sure that if you get out of your script, and again, this was a knife fight for every corner. So I was on the track and this, this particular stint uh, on the track with much faster bikes. And so I was getting my, you know, uh, nose sawed off two or three times a lap. So having to get back into your script and really, again, what this boils down to is being able to make proactive decisions. What do I want out of that segment? What do I want out of that reference? What am I trying to accomplish? So vision and focus, this is, I mean, really one of the, the, the hallmarks of being able to ride without a lap timer is, is like, is being able to put all these, all these things together. So motor controls, there's, there's, there, again, there's so many references here that we can, we can pull down to with motor controls. But what it really starts down to is your brake release. Where am I releasing the brakes for the for the given corner? And the next one that that dovetails into is neutral throttle. How much neutral throttle do I have? And I know, again, from whether it's car laps, um, uh, you know, car laps at the ridge, whether it's mini bike races, whatever it is, is the report card of how much neutral throttle do I have? And that is a that is a big one, trying to minimize the amount of neutral throttle that you have and being able to say, okay, well, uh, I had a lot of neutral throttle in that corner the previous lap, so now I'm going to use my brakes lighter and longer at the end of this lap, try to get the bike pointed a little bit more concisely I can, so I can pick up the throttle earlier. So neutral throttle, huge one in being able to, to think about in real time. This also goes to when does your drive start? So hang on there. Let's linger there. Not where you go back to the throttle, but where does your drive start? There are so many corners in on the Motor America series that we work on a reference point for when we start our drive because there's crazy long radius corners, a lot of blind exits. And if you waited to see your exit, then it's going to be too late. So thinking about when does your drive start? Another great one. Um, yeah, deliberate initial and ending inputs uh, is always a great one. Um, and it's, it's always one where I, I, I know I've told these stories a hundred times, but the riders that end up having the most deliberate initial input 
they almost always have the best lap time and they almost always think it's slower. So great one. They're thinking about how we're going to pick up our lap time, how our lap time is going to be is our initial, initial and ending inputs. And another one that we don't get, we don't think about a lot, but this is a, this is a story that stuck with me and I'm going to tell it, it, which is, is the bike talking to you? And this is something that um, I did nationals in 2004, 2005. And then when I went, I decided I was going to do a couple more nationals in 2006. And of course, I was working at the Freddie School a lot and got to ride with Freddie, um, got to ride with Freddie a little bit. And uh, Freddie, Freddie would come up to me and go, Ken, you know, you're riding, you're riding well, because you're a little, you're a little too school smooth. He goes, I'd like to see the bike move around more on the entry and move around more on the exit. I, that, that has one of been one of the, the key techniques for me improving my lap time. How is my bike moving around straight up and down braking at a turn in? And is my bike moving around on the exit? And if it's not, I know I've got room. So yeah, is the bike talking to you? Brake adjustability. <clears throat> Yeah, so we look at uh, track dynamics. Are we taking advantage of exit corners? Are we taking advantage of entry corners and balance corners? And this all goes back to what we talked about is where your brake release is and how much neutral throttle you have. And another one to think about is brake pressure at turn-in. And I know I just mentioned it. And if you're not sensing or feeling brake pressure at turn-in or you're having to add brake pressure at turn-in, well, we know that there's lap time available there. So brake pressure at turn-in is a great one on brake adjustability. That goes back to all the other things that we just talked about, right? Brake release, neutral throttle. And I also wrote down here as well, uh, underlined, uh, is the bike talking to you? Uh, I think that is, again, that is a great one that falls under this, this category as well. Then we've got turn-in rate and turn-in point. And there's some really good things here that, especially on the car side, uh, we work on it as well. On the bike side, especially with a bike that um, is, say, stock or very soft. But one move from turn-in to the slow point, meaning am I able to turn in and have a turn-in rate in a linear fashion that goes from, say, straight up and down, to the slow point, whatever the maximum lean angle is, am I able to do that in one motion? And boy, you get your mind focused on that and you'll be surprised that one, actually how much more entry speed is, is available to you to be able to do that. And then another great reference point we'll look at, and this is, this is actually one on a very high level that we work on, is when does your knee touch? Is your knee touching early? Is your knee touching late? Is your knee on the ground a long time for the given radius? But one of the things that I look at as well for a lap time is when does my knee touch? Uh, it, is, it, is, it is, that's an, uh, another, there's so many, so many great little, uh, great little nuggets in here. Um, but this is what it's going to take. If you want to ride without a lap timer, these are the things you're going to be writing down from this podcast. And then on body position and body timing, uh, weight on palms for braking. I know I said it one of the other podcasts, especially it was the, it was the leg dangle one, which is I'll, there's times where when I'm starting to run a good pace that I'll actually dangle my leg because it forces me to put more weight on my hands. 
And that tells me if I have more braking available. So it's a great one. How much weight is on my palms during braking? And the next one that goes along with that is being able to in, unweight your inside arm at turn in. So that tells me my core is engaged. That tells me that I'm going to be able to execute what we just talked about on turn in rate and turn in point, right? Because if I have weight on my inside arm, I'm just not able to, to do that one. Light hands at the slow point. This is a great one. And it's going to go along with the next point, which is being able to catch exit slides with your body. And so our hands have to be, we, we need to have our core supporting us so we can put the proper inputs into the bike. On the car side, this is, this is huge, right? Being able to catch slides on the exit, being able to have fast hands on the exit, no different than being on the bike, which is being in a position to move your body to mitigate the thing sliding. And if there's weight on your inside arm, you're not going to, you're going to high side. So, uh, or run off the track. So light hands at the slow point is a gigantic cornerstone of being able to react to exit issues. Uh, and that doesn't matter if you're in a car and bike. So being, again, being in a position to, to adjust. So a lot of good things there with uh, body position and body timing. So, so yeah, to wrap up, yeah, yeah, you, you can ride without a lap timer. We just gave you a lot of things to, uh, a lot of things to work on. So, uh, a lot of things to work on that lead to a good lap time. So how do we commit to this? First one is leave your lap timer in your toolbox. Um, I, I, yeah, just committing, committing to this is pretty huge or put a piece of tape over it though. Haha, let's linger here. That's not necessarily the best because when you know your lap timers on there, you're going to look at it whether it's after the session or whatever. So when you're starting to commit to this process, leave the damn thing off the bike and you'll be surprised at it's going to force you to, to start to work on these things. And uh, again, it depends on what's going on um, with me and my riding or our driving. Um, if I'm trying something new and I want to, if I want to uh, evaluate a change that I've made, I'm going to leave my lap timer off at first so I can feel what the changes before I put the lap timer on. So if I, because if I leave the lap timer on, I, I, I trust me, I'm like you, right? I just, I can't control myself. So you can put a piece of tape over it, though that doesn't really fix the situation. The other one is work on a single technique during each session. So pick, pick one of these. I mean, we gave you so many great things to work on, but pick one of them. I'm going to work on exits. I'm going to work on when does my drive start. I'm going to work on brake pressure, turn in. I'm going to work on moving my eyes to the exit quicker, whatever it might be. But commit to a single technique during a session. And that alone will make a big difference. And then you can start tying some things in. There's times where I'll work on brake release points on one half of the track, and I'll work on my exits on another half of the track. And then you start to tie those things together. So... Can you ride without a lap timer? Yeah, you can. You can and you need to. Uh, this, is, this is something that you're going to get into a situation where your lap timer doesn't work or, or something happens and you're like, oh my God, I can't ride. And no, you can. If you have all these other points built, you'll be surprised at what you can accomplish uh, without it. Ken Hill Podcast, 2021, all rights reserved.